0: I trust you pay attention to the words of the songs you sing that last stanza there says for trouble such as men must bear from childhood to fourscore, which that's 80 years old he shared with us it was made like unto us that we might share his joy forevermore for the joy that was set before him he endured the cross despising the shame and twice a thousand years of grief, of conflict, and of sin, it's been 2,000 years since his sacrifice for our sin, may tell how large the harvest sheaf, how large the harvest will be, how many souls have got saved in those 2,000 years. His patient love shall win. The other reason he hasn't come yet is because God is long suffering to us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. You know, the, the the scoffers say, oh, you know, where's the sign of us coming? You know, you've been saying this for a thousand years, so where's the sign of us coming? Well, it's because of you, scoffer, that he is long-suffering, not willing that any should perish. All right, if you would take your Bible and turn to Matthew chapter 6 tonight. <clears throat> As we continue uh, going over our church standards sheet conduct for workers at Lighthouse Baptist Church, and um, we're going to start at Matthew chapter 6, and we'll be reading verses 22 to 24, it says, the light of the body is the eye, if therefore the eye be single, the whole body shall be full of light. But if thine I be evil, sort of like a double-minded man, okay, so you're look trying, you know, when it talks about single, okay, we, you, would, you would, you know, the idea would be like somebody in the military, he's only on one side. But if he's evil, it's like you're trying to stay on this side and stay on this side, you're trying to run the middle. In other words, you want to be, you want to serve God, but yet you want the things of the world also. And, but when you're, when the, if your eye is single, it's focused on the Lord. He said, thy body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness. No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. And so the I is a mechanism that that through which comes the entrance of knowledge and understanding, which is a source of our thoughts and our actions, knowledge. So tonight we're going to be looking at uh, number three in our... Uh, Church Standard of Conduct, and if I, by the way, if you want one of these sheets, they're back there on the table in the back, uh, in the mission room there. But anyway, we're looking at attending, a refrain from the following activities, and tonight we're going to be looking at, uh, movie the, refrain from attending movie theater, watching immoral videos, TV programs, or internet transmissions. You know, that would, that would include, so anything you watch, you watch on the internet, that would be uh, uh, cons- by the Lord to be considered... Uh, harmful to our Christian testimony. So let's let's go to the Lord in prayer, and then we'll look at this. Heavenly Father, we do thank you again for the privilege and opportunity we have to open our precious Word tonight. We thank you for these things that these warnings that you give us in your Word, that we might be found faithful uh, in serving you and to be. Uh, useful in your service vessels unto honor i pray that you'd help us to have eyes that are single uh, focus on our lord and what he has done for us and his commandments and and father even to um, be aware of the instruction he's given us to do the things that we ought to avoid and i pray that you'd help us to have wisdom and discernment to know the difference and father the will to choose that which is right, we do pray in Jesus' name, Amen. You know, a man with all his scientific knowledge has never been able to duplicate the eye, and uh, you know we got you know mechanical cameras and all the the technology we have today. But uh, and there's a lot we can say about the eye, but the eye is described here as the light of the body. It again is is through which we receive knowledge and information. And, you know, just like anything else, it can be a tool that is useful and helpful or it can be destructive to us, depending on what we do with it. Uh, You know, the eye has been the cause or the medium through which men have fallen into sin. The first sin, for example, in Genesis 3, 6. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. What led her to make that wrong choice was what she saw, what she looked at with the eye gate. Even though she had been warned not to eat of this fruit, and the consequences of eating of it, when she looked at it, you know, and Satan, of course, is egging her on and encouraging her to partake of it, and she looked at it that it was good for food, looked pleasant and desirable. Joshua chapter 7 says, And Achan answered Joshua and said, Indeed, I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel. Thus and thus have I done, when I saw among the spoils a goodly Babylonish garment and 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold of 50 shekels weight, Then I coveted them. You know, he he saw this stuff laying there in the heap of rubbish, and he thought, hmm, who's going to know? Man, I could use some gold, and I could use some silver, and I could use a nice garment, nice coat. That's what he saw. But see, God had commanded it was all to be, it was the accursed thing, not to be taken. Um, 1 Samuel 13, Samuel said... What hast thou done? And Saul said, because I saw that the people were scattered from me, that thou camest not within days appointed, and that the Philistines gathered themselves together at Mishmash. So, you know, here's Saul who's entreated into the priest's office, and Samuel had instructed him to wait seven days. The seventh day came. Samuel hadn't yet come. The seventh day was not over. You understand? The seventh day wasn't over. It was the seventh day, but the seventh day wasn't over. And Samuel said he would come within that seven days. So, but it wasn't over. But Saul is beginning to look around and seeing his circumstances. You know how we look around and see our circumstances and we're troubled. But we need to rest in what God has said. And not allow our circumstances that we see with our eyes. But to see the Lord and trust in him. But anyway, uh, it's because he saw that he disobeyed the Lord. You know, Matthew 5, 29 says, If thy right eye offend thee, what? Pluck it out. Pluck it out. You know, this this is how serious, how damaging the eye can be to us. And cast it from thee, for it is profitable for thee, That one of thy members should perish, and not that thy whole body should be cast into hell. You know, the eye gate has kept many a person from eternal life. Because the eye gate has led them into bondage of sin that they cannot or will not let go of. They will not let go of. And so, you know, we have to be very careful with the eye gate. You know David's horrible sin in Second Samuel eleven was started with he saw a beautiful woman washing herself, and so this is a warning that God gives us concerning the eye. Uh, it can have a, it can be, so, it can be, th- its power can be so strong it can lead us to hell. Now, you know, the Bible has much to say about instruction concerning our eyes. In Psalm 101, verse 3, it says this, I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside. It shall not cleave. That word cleave means, you know, the idea of a husband and wife are supposed to cleave. or it looks like being glued together, cleave to one another. And that's the word here, means to stick to me. Stick to me. You know, all of us, I'm, you know, have, have, you'll work with or deal with our eye gate in some way or form of another. But the psalmist said here, we don't, we don't want it to cleave to us or stick to us, that it would lead us into sin. Uh, so, so we need to be careful not to to allow the, 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 to set, uh, to let a wicked thing cleave to us. So not set a wicked thing before thine eyes. You know, notice again it says, I will not. I will set no wicked thing. Don't purposely put yourself in a position where you're going to be tempted to be compromised, knowing so. So he says, I will set no wicked thing. I will put no thing, wicked thing, in my, you know, in this world, you're going to see wicked things, which are going to tempt you to compromise. But the the instruction here is, look, don't you set it. Don't you set it. That wicked thing. Uh, you know, Psalm 119, verse 37 says, Turn away mine eyes from beholding vanity, and quicken thou me in the way. The word vanity here, according to dictionary.com, is described this way. Quote, excessive pride in one's appearance, qualities, abilities, achievements, character, or quality of being vain, conceited. Something about which one is is vain or excessively proud you know it could be good looks or you know we say good looks for a man or beauty for a woman you know what does the, the proverb say about the about beauty it's vain you know you know it's there's nothing wrong with a with a beautiful woman but it is vain i mean it's you know when you when when sooner or later they're going to go old and that beauty is going to fade like a flower you know but it is true, you know, like the old bachelor said, who never got married, who was a relative of mine, said, yeah, but ugliness goes to the bone. Uh, you know, but beauty is vain. So, you know, that's, that's the definition here. Uh, lack of real value, howlness, or worthlessness. You know, so what value is there really in media? That's the thing we need to ask ourselves tonight. In, in you know, of course, I'm dating, we're dating ourselves when we talk about movie productions and so on and so forth, though they're still being made, but TV and so on. And the purpose of those is to amuse us. It's entertainment. It's to amuse us. Do you know what that means? You know what amuse means? Not think. Movies do the thinking for you. They don't encourage thinking. But we ought to, we ought to think for ourselves, uh, and so so we need to be careful. You know, Matthew five twenty eight says, "But I say unto you, that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery already with her in her in their heart." You know, see, these are the things we shouldn't see with the eyes. The word "look" here does not mean accidentally see. You know, you may be out sometime or or, or somewhere, and you say. You may say to somebody, Well, well, that's a beautiful woman. But you're not lusting after her. You know, you just see this woman go by and you say, Well, that's a pretty lady. But you don't gaze at her. And and that's what you know the word look here means to gaze on or long for. And and so it's looked upon for the purpose of lusting. And, and so we are not. You know, David, you know, the, the fact that he saw uh, you know, but but he went farther than just a glance, he lusted. He desired her, and then he sent for her. You know, I often say you uh you can't keep a bird from flying over your head, but you can keep it from nesting there. So just because you may see something that doesn't mean it has to turn to lust, you know, if you, if you don't dwell on that thing. And the word look here in Matthew twenty-eight five twenty-eight has the idea of dwelling on, uh, to gaze upon or long for. So these are the things we're commanded, uh, we're warned against uh, from the, from, uh, in the scriptures from the eye. We're also instructed in the word of God uh, concerning the eye gate not to look back. In uh, Luke chapter 9, verse 68, it says, And Jesus said unto him, No man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Now, the idea of looking back means, really means looking back to your past life. You know, sometimes some people spend so much time testifying about their past life that you wonder if they're rejoicing more in their past life than they are than God delivered them from their, from their sin, you know. Uh, You know, who who looked back at his past life? Well, Genesis 19.26, the Bible says that Lot's wife looked back and became a pillar of salt. Now, what does it mean she looked back? She looked back on everything she left in Sodom. All the wealth, all the prosperity, the lifestyle, and her children. Who were part and parcel with that lifestyle. She valued them more than the deliverance God offered her. She looked back. See, she was looking back to her past life. You know, we ought not to look back in our past sin with longing. That's what it means here, look back. You know, in Numbers chapter 11, the, the mixed multitude... Uh, The mixed multitude that went up with the children of Israel. They looked back into Egypt. To the leeks and the garlics and the onions. And all that that they had. Yeah, they were looking back. The past life. In slavery? But they, they would rather have been in slavery and had food than trust the Lord in the wilderness. What was the end result of that? They never got to go into the promised land. That same crap. So, so we we're not to look back on our past life with longing, uh, but to to rejoice in what the Lord has done for us. And so the eye, you know, the eye affects us. And so we need to be careful. Uh, you know, just a couple of things concerning the eye. You know, impure viewing makes for an impure mind again it's, your eye is the entrance of knowledge uh the longer you view filth the cleaner it appears you know there's a there's a desensitation uh, you know we and we should not look at nothing that that violates the principles of the word of god and and not delight in them and so so we need to we need to you know, not look back on the, the, the world of corruption, but we need to look forward to what God has done. So, you know, as we think about all this, you know, the videos, television, uh, you know, that isn't, that isn't, you know, as big in some places as others. But, you know, if you, you know, people say, well, we don't have television. You know, you can get anything on the Internet. You can get it on TV. So, you know, they can be very destructive to our life, to our thought life. And so we need to be careful. Uh, They can destroy the home. You know, anti-family philosophies permeate. Permeate media. It's everywhere. Abortion, sodomy, rebellion. You know, one of the the most proliferant, probably, thought processes that has fed this generation is the anti-authority issue. Now, if you're discerning... And if you even watch the old, con- people say, conservative shows like Andy Griffin and those, you know what you're going to find? A lot of undermining of authority. How often is Opie right and Andy looks like a goofball? You know, it's, I've watched, I've seen probably most of the Andy Griffins there are. And I've seen it over and over again. Opie turns out to be the wise guy, and Andy's the fool. Or it's some lady that Andy is trying to court, you know. Uh, again, there's, there's, a, there's an undermining of biblical authority there, which is what we see in our world today. Whether it be home, church, government, you know, there's this anti-authority attitude everywhere. Uh, and these are promoted, and you know, and those are on' were in the conservative movies i don't even know what's in the rest of the stuff because we don't watch it um, you know the 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 biggest fool I always thought on Andy Griffith, you know who that was the preacher he was just he you know kind of reminded me of a uh, milk toast you know worthless uh, and I remember one show in particular. They had a guest preacher come in, and his his message was "What's your hurry?" You know, and and he's up there giving his his uh, his speech, and the whole you know. Of course, Barney's sleeping through the whole thing. It's so boring. And and you know, and and then he closes with a, you know, real loud, "What's your hurry?" And Barney, you know, he wakes up like this. So after. They're going out of the church. B and Andy invite him to lunch, but oh, he has to go to another church and give a a, a a sermon there. And then he came back for the evening, and then he asked him again, and he had to go somewhere else. So you know what Andy said to him? What's your hurry? It seems like he was hurrying everywhere he went, you know. But anyway, uh, these are the things. And these things can affect your children, you know, our own thought processes. You know, it can affect our relationships. You know, so there's all this this kind of stuff. Rebellion, violence, drunkenness, and other vices are constantly glamorized. You know, it seems like the more violence, the better the show rates. And the psalmist said in Psalm 11, verses 4 and 5... The Lord is in his holy temple, the Lord's throne is in heaven. His his eyes behold, his eyelids try the children of men. The Lord trieth the righteous, but wicked, and him that loveth violence his soul hateth. God hates violence. We ought not to sit and watch violence. God hates it. And so these things can have a powerful influence over us, and, and we may not even realize it. Um, you know, it can, it can dominate. You know, they call, it, they call it programming. You know what program means? It's a plan of action to accomplish a specified end. And they want to program us. They want to dominate your mind. And the mind is Satan's realm of operation. You know, I I don't even know where I got this, but it's an article about a family who got rid of TV. Now, it is a little bit dated, but the principles are still the same. It goes like this, quote, Having gotten rid of the TV, our children read more. They don't desire the newest and latest things. They don't adopt as many worldly habits. We spend time reading, just being together as a family, and studying. Having eliminated television, we have noticed a marked improvement in children's homeschooling and their attitudes, Their conversations have also changed from what they watch to what they have done. We have family devotion, Bible reading time, and the children read more. As far as movies, we first look up to see content and mostly watch Christian movies. We also view videos about prophecy and biblical subjects. Uh, We do not permit anything that has cursing or using the Lord's name in vain. If these get past our checking ahead of time, we turn them off when the offense occurs. We were compulsive TV watchers enslaved is actually the word, so I had to eliminate it. Now we have a lot of time for family. Do We do Bible study after dinner every day and play games with the kids. My wife and I have more personal time. And I'm not going to read all this for sake of time, but uh, then it says, um, you know, I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside. It's not so as to me. It says this verse, single-handedly forbids the child of God to watch the vast majority of movies and television programs that are made today, Consider just a few of the wicked things that you or your children will see. The breaking of God's commandments, flaunting, flaunted immorality, casual drinking and drug usage, drunkenness portrayed as humorous, sexually alluring fashions, sexually enticing dancing, violence and mayhem, casual dating and petting, uh, mockery of things of God, mockery of God's people, pagan religious religions depicted as truth and situational ethics, occultism, paganism, humanism, evolution, new age error, even in cartoons in a large number of Disney movies. And, uh, and so, uh, and one of the things that goes on and says here, to, uh, quotes Matthew five twenty eight, where it says, we're not to look on a woman, if we look on a woman, lust after her, we commit adultery with her already in, in her heart. And then it says this, quote, These verses are solemn warnings to men and boys not to watch Hollywood movies, whether in the theater or at home. Now think about this. In public, most men will not stare at a woman very long because he is self-conscious about doing that. But when he is watching a movie, he can ogle an indecently clad female even with his wife sitting by his side. Twenty years ago, I asked a pastor friend, Why do you think so many pastors are committing adultery? I never I've never forgotten his one-world reply. Television. Television. Unquote. You know, there are things we would not tolerate people doing in our home, but we tolerate it when it's through the TV or the Internet. Do we not? And... Calvary Contender, which is no longer in um, <coughs> being written, but but anyway, in two thousand three, Calvary Contender, they had a thing. They they said this quote: foul language, including curses, offensive epithets, uh, uh, scatological language that means excre- excrement language. You know we call it maybe bathroom language, sexually suggestive or indecent language, and censored language increased by 94.8 percent during the family hour between 1998 and 2002. Unquote. So is family hour safe to watch for Christians? Absolutely not. You're going to get a lot of wickedness being promoted there. And these are the things that can dominate our minds if we're not careful, which will lead to conduct that's displeasing to the Lord. Uh, and so we have to be careful. We have to be so careful in the world in which we're living and, and to, to consider what we're putting in our minds. You know, they can dominate our emotions. A, a picture has the power to influence the heart more than the ear. You watch a steady diet of videos and television can make you melancholy, angry, giddy, or careless. It'll make you an emotional person. Again, television is designed to think for you. And it feeds your emotions. I was, I forgot, I have a book at home. Some of you are familiar with it. It's called Formula for Family Unity. It's written by a Walter Fremont, who used to teach at Bob Jones University. And uh, did a lot of biblical counseling and in that book on page 133 he says you know a child that's raised on television will be an emotional one because television feeds the emotions that's that's you know think about it okay you know with a, with a movie you have you know there's always sound effects that create emotions and 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 so that's that's what it creates uh they have power to direct us. Uh, you know, there's fashions and styles and hair and dress and makeup that are promoted through, through TV or Internet. And again, again, again this is not just on the TV, but Internet. You know, advertisers are willing to do and pay enormous sums of money to advertise their products. Why? Because they know people will purchase what they see. You know, it affects what we buy, what we purchase. And so, you know, these things can also devour much of our time. You know, the psalmist said in Psalm 90, verse 12, So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. You know, how much time do we spend in these kind of things? You know, it can can be alarming if we would keep track. Our time and energy, we can waste watching these kind of things. And so the command in scripture is to keep a single eye, to, to keep our thoughts on the Lord, to not be uh, uh, attached and become obsessed with the things of the world. Uh, so, you know, some things we could ask about any program, and I'm not saying it's wrong to watch a program, but we have to be careful. Some things we could ask, what moral values are promoted or undermined? With anything you watch. Is God's name profaned? Is vulgar language used? Is violence glorified? God hates violence. Is sex exploited? Are alcohol and other drugs glamorized or taken for granted? Does this program make me more trusting or more suspicious of others? Now you must Really? Yeah. You know, I have to guard. There are some things I don't watch. It makes me suspicious of people. Now, you know, uh, I didn't have, and I don't know, maybe it's because I didn't have TV growing up, but, you know, programs can bother me. You know, I like to, I'm a person, I I like to fix things. I like to fix, help people. And so when there's things that happen, even in a television program, it bothers me. It bothers me. And it can make you suspicious of others. You know, am I a better person for having watched this program? Was it a program encouraging morality or immorality? So, these are things we need to ask. Concerning the movie theater attendance, what about it? Well... We get ask ourselves these questions. What kind of people most often associated with this type of action? With what type of people will I be identified? Hollywood and Disney are corrupt businesses. They are corrupt. More than we realize. Um, you know, how does an unsaved look upon a Christian who does this? Could it could be a cause of stumbling. Uh, would... My past and other godly Christians approve of this action. Can this harm the attitude, thoughts, or conscience of a new Christian? Could it be a stumbling block again? Can this arouse impure thoughts or desires in my mind or someone else's? You know, does this in any way dishonor God? You know, First Thessalonians five twenty two says to abstain from all appearance of evil. And, and I know there's some objections to that, and they say, well, there's some good movies made recently. You know, movies about the Bible. Yeah, I've read some of them and saw some excerpts from some of them. You know, one of them was The Passion of Christ, a good Catholic movie. But I have yet to know of a movie produced by Hollywood that was biblical. It's sort of like, you know, when I was younger, I used to listen to a, a radio station. It was WJSM out of Martinsburg. And I'd listen to it in the morning, because in the morning from about 9 o'clock to 12 o'clock, they had preachers on. At that time, there was guys like Oliver, Oliver B. Green and uh, um, Lester Roloff. You know, they were playing you know, tapes of these old preachers. And so there was some good preaching on, but the rest of the day, I just turned it off. You know why? Because it wasn't good. The music wasn't good, and the preaching was these new evangelical guys. So, you know, you could listen to that radio station all day long and it'd be sort of like going to a garbage can for your food. Now, you're going to find something in there that could be helpful to you. <laughs> but the rest of it is either useless or harmful. And, and so, you know, if we come to the scriptures, the Bible always portrays things in a right way, even if it's an evil So the world is pushing and programming Bible believing Christians to lower our convictions that that separate us from the world that protect us from the corruption that is in the world. And so we need to be aware of these things and and be careful what we watch, what we set our eyes on and 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 what we put into our minds. So let's 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 kind of sum it up and bring it to a conclusion about what we watch. We asked ourselves some questions, and I have three questions. Number one, does it violate God's law? Does it violate God's law? You know, one John three four says, "By the law is the knowledge of sin." So it's by the law of God that we know what sin is, what offends God. You know, so we might ask, uh, considering that, there's three things we might ask concerning violating God's law. Is there immorality in act or speech? And when I say speech, I'm talking about profanity. So, uh, you know, could it be in attire? Again, Psalm 101, verse 3 says, I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. Now, again, you're going to go out there in the world and you're going to see wicked things. You're going to see biblically naked women. You're not going to be able to help it unless you isolate yourself from the world. It's going to be there. But he says, I will set. You know, it's different seeing it out in the world. When you haven't brought it, than you bring it to you. When you bring it to you, it has a different effect. It's something you've made a choice to do, and it affects you in a greater way than if you see it out there in the world. You can't help it. And we're held more accountable for it. So I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside. It shall not cleave to me. You know, Job said in Job 31.1, I made a covenant with mine eyes. So why then should I think upon a maid? He made a covenant with his eyes that he was not going to look on a woman to lust after her. So if he made a covenant with his eyes, he wouldn't think about that. See, so he made a choice. So we have to make a choice. So we need to ask ourselves these questions. Secondly, is there violence in act or speech? You know, Psalm 11, verses 4 and 5. I read this earlier. The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes behold. His eyelids try the children of men. The Lord trieth the righteous, but the wicked in him that loveth violence his soul hateth. And the movie industry is filled with violence. You know, it's amusing to me that an industry that is so anti-gun is so violent and reaps millions of dollars in profit over violence and yet wants to, is parading against violence in the streets by taking away guns, so so on and so forth, quote-unquote, supposedly. Yeah, sort of like the same crowd that, you know, wants to arrest you for drunk driving is, makes revenue off of the drunk drivers. You know, hypocrisy. Anyway, uh, but God hates it. So, or Genesis 6.11 says, The earth also was corrupt before God. The earth was filled with violence. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. And we know that God destroyed the earth because of their violence. So is there violence in act or speech? A third thing we need to consider, is it occultic or new age? You many, I'm going to say many, probably, I don't know if there's any that are not, mainstream television anyway, of the uh, cartoons are filled with new age and occultic overtones. You know, some of the games, the Pokemon craze, that's cultic. Star Wars is New Age. Uh, You know, the Harry Potter, the Lord of the Rings, all those are a lot about magic. You know, white witches, black witches, and so on. The Bible has a lot to say about that. Deuteronomy 18, 10-12. There shall not be found among you anyone that maketh his son or his daughter to pass through the fire, or useth divination, that's witchcraft or an observer of times, or an enchanter, or a witch, or a charmer, or a consulter with familiar spirits, or a wizard. The Wizard of Oz. You know that movie, The Wizard of Oz. Um, that was, the, you know, one of the main characters was a witch in that. Or a necromancer. For all that do these things are an abomination of the Lord, because of these abominations, Lord thy God, does drive them out before you. See, these are the things that were, that, were, that, that were practiced by the Canaanites, and because of those things, God said to drive them out. And we come to the New Testament, Acts chapter 19, verses 18 and 19, at Ephesus, it says, And many that believed came and confessed and showed their deeds, many of them also which used curious arts, that's magic again, or familiar spirits or wizards and all that sort of stuff, brought their books together and burned them before all men, and they counted the price of them and found it 50,000 pieces of silver. When they got converted, they they burned it, they got rid of it. So, does it violate God's law? Secondly, does it promote good thinking? You know, we need to we need to work at work at thinking rightly, and that's a constant uh, battle that we have for our minds in this world because we're constantly bombarded with the things of the world, and we and it's only going to get worse in this day and time in which we're living. But Philippians one nine and ten says, "This I pray." That your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and all judgment. That word judgment means discernment. Or the ability to judge something that is helpful or not helpful. Right or wrong. And again, that you may approve things that are excellent. That you may be sincere without offense to the day of Christ. So, so, Paul was praying that the Philippian believers would, would abound more and more in knowledge in all judgment. And of course... The way we do that is by filling our minds with the word of God. Renewing our minds. Philippians 4.8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. And so, you know, does it promote good thinking? Good thinking. Just. Virtuous, pure, lovely. Praise. Thirdly, is it a profitable use of time? Ephesians 5:15 5, 5, and 16 says, See then, you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. You know, and I don't know where I read this, but I think it was dated. The average gamer spends eight hours a week gaming. You know, Brother David Cloud wrote an article in the Old Timothy some years ago about gaming widows. He called them gaming widows. And the article was about men who become addicted to games, you know, um, computer games, and their wives really become like widows because they spend all their time with their games it's a real problem i remember when uh, uh this was this was been 2009 10 somewhere in there we had a guest speaker here who had a daughter who was involved in ministry bible translation and she was unmarried she was 26 years old and um, i think at that time i think at the time i don't know if andrew and melinda were married yet or not but anyway he said where'd you find him and uh you know, so he was kind of looking for a husband for his daughter. And he said, you know, his, his daughter, they would be in, uh, uh, you know, in a foreign country. They were in Burma. They went to different places and translated scriptures. They so said, well, there would be these ladies working to translate scriptures, and they'd be talking. He said, where are all the guys? Oh, they're in the basement going like this. Gaming. You know, if you spend eight hours a week gaming... At $10 an hour, that's $80 a week. At 52 weeks a year, that's 4160 bucks. Is that a good use of time? You know, and I got to thinking about that, and how much time do I spend reading Internet news that I'm probably not going to do much, anything with. So is it a value? It's something we have to really guard against. Now, just some closing thoughts. Romans 12:2, Be not conformed to this world, be ye transformed. How do you be transformed? How do you transform your mind? By renewing your mind. Again, by the word of God. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Isaiah 26, 3 and 4 says, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Trust ye in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. You know, we need to meditate in the word of God. That's how we renew our minds. Is by meditating the word of God. You know, Paul wrote to the church at Ephesus in Ephesus chapter, or Ephesians chapter 4. And he says, you know, if so be, you have heard him and have been taught by him, verse 21, as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. We need our minds renewed day by day. Though the outward man perish. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, I believe it is. Though the outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day, Paul said. So, again, by meditating in the word of God. You know, the word of God should delight us. Psalm 119, verses 15 and 16. I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect unto thy ways. I will delight myself in thy statutes. I will not forget thy word. You know, again, we have, we have access to the Word of God in so many ways today that we didn't have before. You know, whether if you're, if you're driving, you're working, you can have it on your phone, you have it playing, somebody reading it for you. And again, you know, and, and so we can be renewing our minds. You know, it should consume us. Psalm 119, verse 97. Oh, how I love thy law is my meditation all the day. All the day. Verse 148. Mine eyes prevent the night watches. You know, I mentioned about the night, praying in the night, the night watches, that I might meditate in thy word. You know, The word of God ought to consume us. It ought to be something that we spend time in Purposely. Because it, and it should, and this is a word we don't like, but it's a word we need to submit to. It should control us. That means it should lead us. It should direct us. You know, something is going to lead you. You might say, well, I'm a self-made man. Yeah. You know what's leading you? You, yourself, and I. Yeah. That doesn't end well. You don't believe that. Just look at the dictators around the world. That's what leads them. No. We should have the word of God to lead us, to direct us. Then you'll be like Joshua. This book of law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do, according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. You know, Even in the work world, the Word of God will teach you to do a good job. Do your job well. You're to work as unto the Lord, not to be a man pleaser. You know, so many in the workforce today, they're just there to get a paycheck. They don't care if they do a good job or not. They don't have any work ethic. And when the boss isn't around, they don't do a good job because they don't care. Yeah, you know, we're to do our work as heartily as unto the Lord. That's what the Word of God will teach you. That's what the Word of God will direct you. Even in the workday world. And so we should, we should desire the Word of God to lead us and direct us. Psalm 119, verse 105, that word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So... We need to be careful. We need to guard what goes in the eye gate. Because the light of the body is the eye. And if if the light is single, thy whole body shall be full of light. And light is truth. You have understanding. You have the wisdom of God. But if your eye be evil, there's going to be darkness. In other words, When darkness refers to evil and wickedness in your life, you're going to have trouble with your thought life, with your actions, with your attitudes, if your eye is evil. So, may the Lord help us to have a single eye, to avoid these things that God warns us about in his word, that we might be found pleasing unto the Lord. Let's pray.